Welcome to the Inspired by Purpose podcast. Each week, we roll out episodes with the stories and strategies of successful, purpose-driven entrepreneurs to inspire and empower you on your journey. My name is Dr. Ozzy Jankovic, and I believe that living with purpose is what inspires us to make our greatest impact. I'm so grateful that you're here. Now let's get started. Hello there and welcome. I'm so excited about this episode. This week on the podcast, we have Naomi Tate Magen, who is a ceramicist. And when I put out the word looking for guests, she was referred time and time again. She had success, great success recently when her Instagram blew up. She started getting millions of views on her reels and her business multiplied. So in this episode, you're going to hear all about how she went on Instagram, how she grew her Instagram and her business, and you're also going to hear her story of how she had real difficulties both with health and with her business in real estate during COVID and how she decided to pursue her passion and invest in her passion to start something new and grow her business. Before we get into the episode, I want to tell you about something that has saved me an incredible amount of time and headache when it comes to emails. I use a program called ConvertKit, and ConvertKit has helped me to streamline my email processes and save me a ton of time in the process. So I am really happy to share that ConvertKit is sponsoring this episode. And if you want to check out ConvertKit and get started for free, you can visit draziico backslash mail or check out the link in the show notes to get started for free. With nothing further, let's welcome our guest, Naomi Tate again. I'm so excited to be here with you, Naomi. Me too. Thank yeah. you for having me. <laughs> Thank you for being my first guest on the relaunch of Within Us, which is now called the Inspired by Purpose podcast. And this is really an incredible first episode because your work is so inspiring and your story is so inspiring. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Excited to be here. Amazing. So why don't we start out by t- telling us about you and your story, how you got started doing the work that you're doing. Well, I've always done art and I did my degree in fine art, but I didn't expect to actually make it into a living or a source of income. It was more of a something for my soul. And I was working as a real estate agent for a few years prior to COVID. And then when Corona started and we were in lockdown the first time, I couldn't go into people's houses, obviously, to sell. And I started ordering in canvases. So I started painting every day and realized how much I missed it. But I was thinking, okay, if I want to enable myself to actually do this as a business, like, how is that going to look? And I wasn't sure how I wanted to pursue it. But then one day I was missing my cappuccinos that I used to get between meeting clients as a real estate agent and trying to work out how I could like 
make that nice experience at home without going to a cafe. So I ordered a milk frother and I ordered some nice coffee, but I was looking through my drawers and I couldn't find a nice mug. And it wasn't the experience I wanted. I wanted to really be able to luxuriate and make this a moment, you know? And so I looked online, started searching handmade mugs and nothing really shouted out to me. So I suddenly thought to myself, well, I could make a mug. I'd finished my degree about 10 years before this. I hadn't touched clay since. And my, in my degree, I learned all these other things and I did a bit of ceramics, but loved ceramics. I love the material. I love how responsive it is to your touch and how you can really get your emotions, like express them through the piece because there's something so raw and fundamental about it. I just loved that. And that was it. I decided that I was going to create a ceramic studio and invest in, and literally within a month I'd ordered, spent a ridiculous amount of money <laughs> ordering in a huge amount of equipment because it's a very expensive hobby. So a lot of change <laughs> happened very quickly. And it sounds like there are a few precursors to your big change. One of them was this desire to give other people an experience, the experience I'm having right now of holding a gorgeous mug and really enjoying the moment, right. drinking coffee. Right. And then there was this like simultaneous thing that happened that suddenly you had to start thinking about money and in a very big way. Is that right? Correct. Well, when COVID happened, actually, <laughs> One of my investments in England, it's like for foreign students. And it had been doing amazingly for like 10 years. And I was like, cool, this will be like my main source of income. And then suddenly there were no foreign students. So I was like, okay, shoot. Like if I want to carry on doing this, I need to actually make it like a viable business. It has to also not cost me tons of money to invest in all the equipment. I have to be able to make it successful financially. So this was a big turning point where you made this first mug and how did you then decide that this was going to be the thing and you were really going to invest in it? Well, I had to make the decision before making the first mug because in order to make the first mug, I had to buy a kiln and I had to get the wheel and I had to get loads of equipment and I had to change my electrics in my house to fire all these things. And it was already a big investment even before I built a studio, but I couldn't allow myself to just invest that much money in a hobby. I had to come to the decision to say, I'm going to do this. But I did at the beginning say, I'm going to give myself two years and I don't expect to sell within the first even year and a half I had to learn stuff for the first time you know I knew that it wasn't gonna happen instantaneously but I said I'm gonna give myself two years to see if this is feasible and then you know worst case scenario I'll go back to being a real estate agent I'll sell off equipment you know but that was how I started but I think that actually the business started you know taking off more once I came to the decision that okay there is no, you know, I'm giving myself two years, I'm doing this now. Once I'd actually committed to it, that's when I started taking it more seriously and really investing in educating myself on how, you know, this is going to work. Wow, big transition. And I'm curious to hear a little bit from you because 
meeting you and seeing you, there's such an energy about you, a happiness. You exude this passion for what you're doing. And I'm curious to hear if that's something that you've always had or is that something that you sort of came I've always been very passion driven. I am very curious and I've always had a sort of eagerness to learn things and to and that's one of the reasons I wanted to do the ceramics because ceramics is this entire world where there's so much to learn like you can't possibly learn everything in one lifetime it's always learning and exploration and and there's no end to the opportunity for your curiosity I'd seen your work on the internet I'd seen your work on Instagram these gorgeous candles and these gorgeous pieces and they are so stunning and so inspiring but then I came here and I held your work and it's so different there's so much to it and, and the evolution from this first month that you made to yeah. what you're making now it's so beautiful thank you yeah so it's funny actually because I know that a lot of people would tell me you've got to focus in and find what your one thing is and do that and do it great and be recognizable for that and i don't work that way i've got to follow the things that excite me and interest me and it won't it's not static you know so at the beginning when i started doing the ceramics i, I knew nothing about glazes because i'd never studied it you know so i spent months and months and months just immersing myself in and it was amazing it really i loved it and at some point i'd sort of like okay I, I feel comfortable here now i gotta go on to the next thing so then i did a course with lovely potter in america online and i learned how to make crystalline glazes and it was the first glaze i ever made which is a bit nuts because crystalline glazes is like the most complicated one you can make but it was so fascinating because that was, it's really chemistry. And I did that for, for months. And then at some point I was like, okay, I've got it. And I want to learn something else. So then I moved on to these really thin porcelain pieces. I think emotionally I was in a place where I needed some purity and quiet. And, and I was drawn to white. So I'm exploring that. So, and I've had so many people say to me like, I love following it because I never know what I'm going to explore and find and the passion and the, you know, and I'm like, you know, what? that's my thing. I will follow my passion and my interests and people get that. And, you know, if I carried on making things with the same glazes from the beginning and I'd still be doing it now, it wouldn't be as exciting. Like, and you'd see it. So this authenticity with which you grow and learn and move forward and innovate is attracting people and exciting people and, and they're with you on your journey yeah and and that's amazing and it's funny when i had a studio in tel aviv and i was doing art for myself i loved it i loved what i was doing but by myself in the studio you know occasionally there'd be someone in a studio next door and we'd say a few words but i wasn't on instagram i had no community and and suddenly on instagram i'm still in a studio by myself but now I have this community. People will respond to me and they'll ask me questions and they'll give me feedback. And, and I love that. You know, I love it as a platform. I love that I can meet people from all walks of life and corners of the globe. And I've sent my work to so many countries now. Places like I feel like I'm living vicariously through my pieces and traveling around the globe. <laughs>
And I really do feel like it's a community. You know, it's supposed to be community. People say, you know, it's a social platform. Be social. But it's not work. Like, that's the fun part of it. Mm. You know? Wow. It's so obvious meeting you and hearing your story that you're having a great time. And your energy <laughs> is contagious. And when I put the word out that I was starting these interviews again, so many local women wrote your name down. And they pointed at you as the inspiration because you've really grown and you're shining in so many ways with the art that you're sharing with the world. So I'm curious to hear from you, how did you build your business from this first mug, little kiln, to now where you're sending your, your pieces all over the world and your business has multiplied because of social media and it's this world of difference. So so how did you how did you do it? Can you break it down for us a little bit? My Instagram page is just over two years old. And for the first year and a quarter, it was small, you know, I really struggled to get past the first thousand followers. And literally, I, I could make two, three sales a month, maybe. Like, it was really very small, you know. And, and I did, like, a, two years ago, I did, like, a small Instagram course. And, you know, I learned a few things, like, little tools within the app. And when I did that course, I was, like, on 1,300 followers, like, trying to break through. <laughs> I think I had this sort of thing in my mind about this is how I'm going to approach Instagram. And it has to be chronological, like, I'm telling a story. And I think once I kind of like stepped out of what I thought should happen mm. and it should look like, and I started really doing research within the platform. And, you know, I remember there are a few specific ceramic artists who I could see they were successful. I could see that they were like selling out every time, but like I could say, okay, what are they doing? So I actually scroll back and these people have been on the platform for 10 years, you know, 12 years. And I would scroll back to their very first post and then scroll through and see at what point did it start picking up and what were they doing? How far apart were the posts? How often were they posting? Obviously it's changed because then, you know, 10 years ago the platform wasn't the same, but I wanted to sort of like isolate the patterns that were helping them to go from, I mean, you can't see how many followers they have, but you can see how many responses there are. You can see how many likes, suddenly how far this post has gone or this reel or video has gone. So I started doing that, and I think one of the milestones is funny because I listened to this podcast. Now, I shouldn't say this on a podcast, but I almost never listen to podcasts, not because I don't like them, <laughs> but because I have hearing aids. And so there was this, there's this one ceramic artist, Hamily Ceramics on Instagram. His name's Kurt Hamily, and I barely knew him, but I saw he had at the time almost 200,000 followers, which was like, whoa, how did he do that? And I saw that he posted that he'd been interviewed on this podcast called um, The Maker's Playbook. <laughs> and it was fascinating. And he was basically talking about how for the first number of years of like starting the, in his Instagram page, he would invest about 25 hours a week on Instagram. And he did that consistently for a few years. And, and that built it up. So it helped me sort of crystallize what I did want from my business, like what I wanted it to look like, but also like how to get there. And I decided, okay, I this is what I'm doing. And this is the marketing. You know, if he can do it, and if all these artists can do it, I can do it. Like, why not? I think real estate 
taught me to have a very, very high frustration threshold, high disappointment threshold, because you can't expect things to just take off instantly. You know, I was putting out reels regularly. I decided that I'm gonna put them up twice a day. And I did that for about three months before I started really seeing movement. You know, in fact, actually at the beginning, it was like one still post and one reel every day. And then a few months ago, I moved to two reels a day. Now I'm gonna reintroduce still posts because now that's becoming a thing again. So you've got, kind of gotta stay like, really continue learning the platform and seeing where it's going and what the trends are and predicting trends. And you can only predict trends if you are aware and familiar enough with what's happening to be able to predict them. So right. you have to do the work. Right. But I think that podcast was great because it said, okay, you can do this. You know, you've just got to put in the time and the hard work and be patient. It's so interesting. As I'm listening to you, it's so obvious that you have continued to learn throughout this whole journey. You went from putting in the time on social media to learning all the different skills of this new craft that you were getting into and then learning even more about the marketing. And then not only did you invest at the beginning, investing in terms of money, but you also made this big investment in your marketing. Did you know what was on the other side or was there something else that kept you inspired? I had to believe in it. First of all, you know, there, obviously there have been times like, shoot, like three people bought something and you're like, oh man, maybe I shouldn't, you know, and you have those questions, the self-doubt, and I'm like, no, you know if you carry on, it will work. I think it's a matter of like pig-headedness, <laughs> like saying, you can make this work. I've seen so many, you know, the people, what they're doing, I'm like, yeah, I can make this work too, and you have to have faith in that. You know, even though you felt frustrated, you saw how people were experiencing the pieces that they were buying and you saw their feedback. And by knowing that you could do that for three people, you knew you could do it for infinitely more people. Right. I just had to help people find me, which is basically what the social media is. And it's, and it's amazing. And then I think like the next milestone was like my first real you know, that hit over a million that started going viral. And I was like, whoa, like, it's actually kind of intimidating. Like when you're sort of sitting in your studio and I'm constantly recording everything I'm doing and I'm like editing these little reels, you know, in the morning and in the evening. And then like at some point you're like, oh my God, eight and a half million people were in my <laughs> studio with me watching that. That's like the population of the country I live in. <laughs> like insane you know and it actually like I, <laughs> and, and when I think about it I'm like oh my god oh my god like it kind of paralyzes me a little like oh should I edit it like this and do I look okay and you know and you have to not think about all of that you know just to carry on with it so I think that there's you know so that was a big milestone and and then it was funny because I just come out of hospital it was Rosh Hashanah like September time and I'd, I'd been hospitalized and I was really down and I had all this work and I'd sold some, but I still had, you know, some available. And I was like, I'm not making more functional work. I'm going to make some sculptures. I want to do some things that are for me. And I knew that the people on Instagram would be very happy to see what I'm doing, even if it's not for sale, like they enjoy watching the processes. I come out of the hospital and this one reel of this herbstripper bowl <laughs> 
goes nuts. Nuts, nuts, nuts. Like, it's now at like almost eight and a half million views, but it was just climbing at this crazy rate. And my followership, you know, I had so many more Sunday followers within, I mean, September I hit 50,000. Now I'm on nearly 130,000. Wow. And and people were writing on this reel, how do I buy this? Where do I buy this? Where do I buy this? And I, I had to do a very uncomfortable step for myself, which was to offer pre-orders. Now, this sounds totally obvious, but like ceramics, there's a lot of failure. <laughs> and I'm not a ceramic artist of 20 years experience. I'm quite new and I'm, learning as I go. So at that point, I was like, okay, look, you gotta step outside your comfort zone. You've gotta open it up for pre-orders. I wanted to like be able to control how many orders were coming in. How am I gonna know I can make enough? And also people wanted them by Christmas. There's a limit to how much I can make. They take time. Totally. So I actually had to turn orders away. People who want it will wait. I told people this is not instant, you know, and I made sure that the listing was like at the very beginning, this is a pre-order please read the entire description before you purchase. I still had a few people who were like, where's my order? It's not instantaneous. But that was like a big shift because suddenly, you know, I was selling, I mean, I sold like that 130 pieces within a month and a half. You know, I was working on them for a while, but they just... So beautiful. And you're teaching everyone patience because not everything comes as fast as Amazon, nor should it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly not ceramics. Just now, I just had my first couples workshop in my studio, mm -hmm. which was so cute. And at the end of it, she was like, so I'll be able to get these pieces like in a few days? And I'm like, no. Like this is, you know, it's porcelain. It needs to dry slowly or it will crack. And then it needs to be biscified and then it needs to be glazed and then it needs to be glazified. And it takes time. I think that so many people have become accustomed to ordering these mass produced items and needing them yesterday. And right. this is very, very different. For sure. When you talk to them about it and explain why they gain this appreciation for, wow, this is what handmade is. You know, and you can personalize things. And it's totally different experience. So you share something on Instagram. I think it's your first pinned post, a little bit about your story. And I was curious if you'd be open to sharing about some of the challenges that you've been through. I'm generally a very healthy person. <laughs> but I had, starting back about, I don't know, six years, seven years ago, I had started having these crazy health issues that I had a subdural hematoma, like a bleed around my brain, which had me bedridden for three months, which aggravated back problems that I'd mm. had for 18 years. And then I needed spinal fusion surgery. So I couldn't do any art at mm. all. So I started writing poetry, did that hours a day. And that was my expressive channel. And, and it was amazing. I did that until like I published a few and then I, I could actually physically do art again. So I transitioned back to art. And th that creating, whether it was the, the writing the poetry or the going back and creating the art, 
it nourishes me. After that, being bedridden, I had to go on antidepressants. I was very, very depressed, you know, just from feeling so incapacitated. And so I went on antidepressants and I was on them for years. And then I started doing the real estate, but again, I was not really addressing those things that nourish my soul. I was driven because I had to make money and I had to make this a successful business, but I wasn't allowing the room for the things that make me feel good mm. and, you know, inspire me and, and bolster me forward, like emotionally. So then when I started doing the ceramics, I stopped taking the antidepressants for you know, the first time, like six years, I actually felt, I just don't need them right now. I'm getting so much nourishment from this. Mm. And then more recently, of course, like things come in waves and I felt like I was in this really great place at that time. And then my legs started going numb. It was like January, two years ago. And it was this slow, progressive thing where I always had tingling in my legs and then I couldn't really feel them and then from one day to the next, I got into my car to drive somewhere and I couldn't feel the pedal. And I'm driving and I couldn't feel the pedal. And I'm like, oh my God, king out. I stopped the car, called my brother to pick up the car. I was sent to the hospital. Anyway, go to the hospital, they do an MRI and I have myelitis, which is an infection in the spinal cord. And they're like, yeah, you're not going anywhere. So I was in the hospital for 11 days and then I went home, but it carried on getting worse. So I had to go back into hospital. And for about three months, I couldn't walk unassisted. I couldn't drive for about four months. And then with the steroids and everything, slowly it started getting better. I forgot to mention before that I also went mostly deaf and have hearing aids, but I'm very hard of hearing. And that happened in my first teaching job. <laughs> and you really do not want to teach youth at risk. Teaching art in a not very structured, you know, in art, and I couldn't hear anything. <laughs> I didn't have hearing aids yet, and suddenly yeah. I went deaf. So it's like all these crazy things. And I have like arthritis in my hands, which started getting worse and worse because I was using them the whole time, you know, doing the art. So it was all of these things. And the doctor for my hands was like, well, you have to stop doing ceramics do something else. I'm like, that's not happening. He's like, well, sometimes we have to make compromises. I'm like, yeah, that's not happening. So I found ways to do things within ceramics, you know, because my hands were so bad at some point, I couldn't manipulate very much material. So I started making these tiny discs and trying out like glaze, trying to see if I could make a painting from glazes. Again, I didn't know glazes at the time, so it was really experimental. But I started it on these, like for a few months, I was only working on these tiny little discs of porcelain. And I made them into jewelry. And so that's what I did. And then when my hands were like, okay, they'd rested for a bit, I started putting them on bigger pieces. And I, you know, so I kind of like adjust what I'm doing based on whatever at the time the limitation is because of the health. You know, like six years ago when I had this subdural hematoma, like I thought I could die. It was, it was serious. And, and I was like, okay, I've got to do stuff now that I love, that bring me joy, that make me feel connected to myself, connected to everything around me. And that's not running around selling homes.
there were aspects I liked but really disliked that part of the job and I was like this isn't nourishing me <laughs> you know it's making money but I need to find something that can do both um, so I think those health challenges, they made me really value the things I can do when I can do them and to keep finding like passion within it. That's so powerful. I want to pause right there. You said that the health challenges inspired you to keep doing the things that you can do. Right. Like to appreciate the things that you can do it because you can sit there and you can focus on, oh, I can't do this now and I can't do that now and I can't do that now and it just feeds this negativity and this depression and it doesn't help you or you can say you know what I still have function of this that and the other right and I can still do these things and that's amazing and they bring me joy so do it mm, love that so much inspiration in this conversation I want to ask you two last questions and the first one is of course where can our listeners learn more about you and follow you if they're not already doing so? <laughs> Obviously, the my Instagram, which the handle is at Nomi Tate Magen, N-A-O-M-I, T-A-T-E, Tate, and Magen is M-A-G-H-E-N. Linked in the show notes for everybody who wants to. <laughs> <laughs> um, my website has an about me section and it has, embarrassingly, only two blog posts but the blog posts are the personal and open diary kind of blog posts um but yeah i have to make more but that has more about me there and that's the same know me take again dot com like www so we're gonna link to that also (laughs) and before we go i have one last question which is knowing everything that you know now if you could go back to the very beginning of your journey and offer your younger self any advice, what would you say? When I was growing up, I actually saw my artistic talent as a slight. Like my parents were very academic and they would say to my older sister, you're so intelligent and you're so artistic. You're so talented. And I saw it as a slight, like, oh, does that mean I'm not intelligent? I was like, I'm not gonna do art. I wanna prove myself, you know, I wanna do psychology. And I didn't really value those things as gifts. But I think I would say like, believe in those, you know, those talents, those skills that you can do such, they can bring you joy. They can bring other people joy and invest in that. Because for so long I was like, what am I gonna make art for? Like there's no function to it. And it took me so long. I mean, I was like literally like over halfway through my forties before I was like, open a studio and invest in yourself, do this. So I would say you need to recognize the things that you enjoy doing and enable yourself to do that and find ways to make that a, a practical part of your life, you know, a way that you can do it and still eat. <laughs> Amen. Amen. That's what this is all about. Naomi, thank you so much My for joining pleasure. me. It's thank you awesome. for having me. <laughs> Wasn't that awesome, everyone? I absolutely loved meeting Naomi, hearing her stories and learning from her. Here are my top takeaways. Find what lights you up and do it. Even if you haven't done it for years, reconnect, give it another shot and go for it. The next step is investing in yourself. Once you've found that passion, invest your time and your resources to make it into your job.
The next step is learning. Find models that have been successful in your industry and discover what it was that helped them so that you can implement those strategies too. Keep learning in the process. Don't be afraid to grow and learn along the way. The next step is not to be afraid of visibility. Put yourself and your work out there and let the world see what you're doing. Finally, there is great power in doing what lights you up. Naomi has had incredible results in her business and also in her health because she is doing what she loves. All right. Thank you so much for joining me this week. We have so much in store for you. I'm going to be interviewing purpose-driven entrepreneurs that have had tremendous successes in their business. I'm going to be breaking it down for you just like I did in this episode so that you can experience success and you can live inspired by purpose. I'll see you next week.